Okay, good vach. Ah, good vach, David. So, I want to share with you a few stories. Um, it says in Tanya that Hashem wanted to create the world with the attribute of justice, but Hashem saw the world would not be able to survive with just Hashem's justice. According to Chassidus, Hashem's justice means concealment of godliness. Hashem would conceal himself so we wouldn't be able to um, survive. And therefore Hashem also put into creation his the attribute of Hashem's mercy. Hashem's mercy doesn't just mean that Hashem, Hashem has mercy on us and doesn't uh, judge us so strictly. It says in Tanya that Hashem's mercy means his galus alukus, revelation of godliness. Revelation of godliness through tzaddikim and through the miracles and wonders of the Torah. And the author puts together the revelation of Hashem through tzaddikim and afterwards he writes the miracles of the Torah. One of the explanations of this is, is that specifically through the revelation of a godliness through tzaddikim do you have a richer appreciation for the miracles that the Torah talks about. So I want to share with you a few stories. The first story is about bracha for children. There, Rabbi Weinberg, all of a sudden, was uh, someone who was a Shadar, who was sent by both the Rebbe and the previous Rebbe to many countries in, throughout the world for various uh, missions the Rebbe sent him to, to help other individuals or to help communities. And... Uh, he, he, did, he doesn't say where this happened, but it's a personal story that he shared himself, that there was a couple who was married for a long time without children, and it really bothered them that they couldn't have this blessing. And to the extent, he said that this guy was once at his nephew's bris, and he just couldn't handle being at the bris because it, it just bothered him that his brother has a child and he doesn't have any children. He went into a room by his brother's bris and just started crying. So Rabbi Weinberg suggested he write a letter to the Rebbe. And he accepted upon himself to keep the laws of Taras Mishpacha, the laws of family purity, which is a skula, which is a spiritual remedy to have a child. So they accepted this and they wrote to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe responded... A strong resolution to keep the laws of family purity carefully, even after they will have a child, they will, they will be remembered. Yipoktu means to be remembered, but it also means after your wife becomes pregnant, will bring down the blessings of Hashem. So Weinberg said, we got to say l'chaim. This is a very unusual bracha. The Rebbe is telling you not only that you're going to have a child, but you're going to have several children. Because the Rebbe doesn't say this will bring down a bracha. The Rebbe says this will bring down many brachas, which means many children. So they said lachaim on a bottle of wine, and they put the bottle of wine aside so that they should be able to use this bottle of wine, Mr. Hashem, at, at a bris. So Baruch Hashem... Um, they made this decision, but the bracha didn't materialize. And 
Meanwhile, Rabbi Weinberg used every opportunity he could when he was by the Rebbe to mention this couple. Unfortunately, their doctor suggested to them they should consider adoption. They, um, they, they didn't really trust the doctor as much as they trusted the Rebbe. However, the doctor told them this advice and they wrote to the Rebbe, this is what our doctor is telling us. In other words, the doctor saw there's no way in the world they will ever have children. So the Rebbe said, in this Indian, in this matter, the doctor is not a doctor. In other words, you, don't, you shouldn't listen to him. Apparently, a doctor, Torah gives permission to a doctor to heal, but to give predictions and to give advice about adoption, it's not his, it's not his field. So he said, this idea, the doctor is not a doctor. This story took place in the year of the Yom Kippur War. During the Yom Kippur War, Rabbi Weinberg was called in by the Rebbe to do various um, missions uh, on Sukkot, right after the war began, and he was Rebbe asked him to bring uh, to, to to do the various things for the soldiers of Israel, and among the various items that the Rebbe told him that Sukkot was that he should bring wine to a certain person, and the Rebbe said that this basically this person had had some, some merit because of what he did, that he deserved to get this wine from the Rebbe, and this was going to be a bracha for children. And this was someone else, not the person that Rebbe Weinberg had originally asked a blessing for. So, and the Rebbe gave Rebbe Weinberg a blessing, you should also continue to use uh, your influence to bring other Jews closer to Torah and Mitzvahs. So Rabbi Weinberg said to the Rebbe, Matzasili Chavir. is a Talmudic expression, which means I have a similar situation. I have a similar person, similar scenario. Rebbe said, what do you mean? He mentioned the Rebbe, this couple. So Rebbe smiled and Rebbe said, they were already registered by me. They're already registered. You don't have to mention them again. They're already registered. <laughs> so, so he tells the Rebbe, can I tell them that they'll have a child this year? So the Rebbe said, I, I, I'm not, how, how are you asking me that question as if I'm, an, as if I'm a prophet? Well, if they can have a child this year, asking me as if I'm a prophet, number one. And number two, the Rebbe said, why should you obligate yourself that this is going to happen specifically this year? So Ray Weinberg uh, exited the Rebbe's room and immediately wrote, wrote the Rebbe a note. In his note, he wrote how the Rebbe had this claim to him, how come he's calling the Rebbe, how come he's asking the Rebbe to predict whether or not the, this couple will have a child that year, and the Rebbe is saying he's not a prophet. So he said to the Rebbe that the Alter Rebbe in chapter, in letter 22 in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe writes over there that Hasidim should not ask the Alter Rebbe about advice about physical matters. In other words, he could ask about spiritual things, not, not about physical things. Why not about physical things? Because the Alter Rebbe said that to, to give advice about physical matters, only a prophet can give this kind of advice. Like, for example, it says about uh, Shoal that he was looking for the his father's donkeys, he went to Shmuel. So only when there was, only when, to, to give advice about a physical item, 
you have to be a prophet. But spiritual things, you could know from the Torah, but for a physical item, only a prophet can give advice. And if Rav said that the Hasidim should stop, come Rose, the Hasidim should stop asking for brachas, asking for advice about uh, physical things. That's Alta writes in Tanya. However, after the Alta said it's apparently the reason why they're doing this is because they are... Uh, they, they, they care so much about serving Hashem and therefore they're not using their intelligence and, their, and they want to be able to have a healthy body to serve Hashem. But really it's wrong because it's only a prophet can know. That's what writes in Tanya. However, the Rebbe Weimar wrote to the Rebbe that the Rebbe once spoke about this letter and the Rebbe said that what did the Alter, Rebbe asked what did the Alter accomplish by writing this letter. After this letter was written, the Hasidim did not stop asking the Alter Rebbe advice about physical things. And it wasn't that the Alter Rebbe changed his uh, position about answering these questions. Before the letter was written, the Alter Rebbe answered questions about physical things. And after the letter was written, the Alter Rebbe continued, the Alter Rebbe continued to answer and give advice about physical things as well. So what did the Alter Rebbe accomplish by writing this letter? So Rebbe Weinberg said, I'm not familiar where this, letter, where this talk of the Rebbe is, I know about a similar talk, but Rebbe Weinberg said that the, the reason that the author wrote this letter was that so we, that we should know that when the er, that a rebbe's advice about physical things is not less than prophecy, it's not less than prophecy, and therefore he wrote to the rebbe that when the rebbe is asking him, "Do you consider me a prophet? Like how do you expect me to know?" He said, "This says it's not, it's not my words; it's the rebbe's words." That's how Weimar wrote to the rebbe, and he also added some good news that had happened at that time. So the Rebbe just responded, thank you for the good news. The Rebbe didn't respond to his other uh, words. And um, that year indeed, they were blessed. Interesting. That year on Lagba Eimer, Rabbi Weinberg gave a, a letter to the Rebbe about this uh, couple. Lagba Eimer is a day in general. It's known for, for to be, time to be blessed with children. I'm not sure exactly why it's on Lag Ba'imer. I know that the Hashpi himself, Shemir Yechai himself, was also born through a miracle. I wonder if that's connected to that. Anyways, so he asked for a bracha for this couple, and Rebbe responded before the Rebbe went to the Ohel that day, that they should give stuck, that I mean, Weinberg should give stuck on their behalf without them knowing. In other words, he should put the money out for Tzedakah for them, and he shouldn't tell them. That's what Rebbe said. And Baruch Hashem they uh, shared with him that that she's expect his wife that the mother is expecting, and he told them about this money. They gave him the money at Staka, and uh, Rabbi Weinberg said that he had to fulfill his promise and go there to have the uh, wine together. They, they, they decided that they're going to keep the wine for uh, for the bris. And although it was a different country and he was very busy, but the promise is a promise. So he came for the bris and. Uh, this um, this family is very prominent Sephardic family. Again, Rabbi Reimberg was careful not to say where they were from because it was a private story. And uh, and as Re- as the Rebbe's words that their decision to give Taras and Mishpacha will bring down the brachas of Hashem in the plural. They were blessed with three boys and a girl. The when this, the, the the first child was a boy and the second child was a girl. When the second child was born. The second child had an issue with her feet. Her feet weren't straight. And the doctor advised that they should put the, the child's feet in a cast for 10 days. 
So they were considering going to another doctor in Boston, and they asked Rabbi Warnberg to ask the Rebbe, should they indeed put the child's feet in the cast, or should they, uh, uh, or should they go, go consult with another doctor in, in Boston? Because they heard there's a very, they're, they're great experts in Boston. So the Rebbe circled in their letter the words expert doctors in America, and they said it's worthwhile they should go visit the doctor. So, so the parents were planning to, um, uh, to take their child and go to the doctor and to see about doing the treatment. And Weinberg said, they said, just visit the doctor. They didn't say they should do anything else. Anyways, to make a long story short, they went to the doctor in Boston who said they should go to another doctor in Gainesville, Florida, uh, actually a relative of Rabbi Weinberg, and the doctor in Gainesville, Florida, as the the Rebbe's words were, just visit him. So they visited him, and he said, don't see any issue. And Take, their Baruch Hashem, was was no issue. So I'll tell you one more story, unbelievable story. This story is also with a relative of Rabbi Weinberg, who was a Malamid, a teacher, in a yeshiva in Montreal, and he had, this was in the earlier years of the Rebbe's leadership, he had, he, had, he, had a, um, he had an issue, maybe in the 50s, I'm not sure, I didn't say what year it was, he had an issue with his lungs. And he had to go to some kind of a convalescent, uh, to a sanatorium uh, in Montreal, and for a whole year. After this, this whole intense um, treatment that he was given for a whole entire year, uh, he went to the doctor, the head doctor of this sanatorium, and the doctor said there's a cavity in your, in your lungs and you need to have an operation. So he, this, this, this man, he went to New York and, was, and Rabbi Weinberg saw he was totally broken, he was totally drained. And after he visited the rabbi, he was full of joy and he asked him what happened. So he said that I went into the Rebbe's room. The Rebbe said to me, I haven't heard any, and I haven't received from you any letters such quite some time. How come you're not writing to me? It's parenthetically, there are many letters of, in, in the, you can read in the Rebbe's volumes of letters, he Rebbe writes how Hashem wants Jews to be connected to each other. And therefore, if Jews aren't connected to each other, Hashem, so to speak, looks for means to inspire Jews to connect to each other, and therefore it's always worthwhile to write about good reason, about happiness, about good news, so you shouldn't have to write about negative news. As the previous Rebbe said, we shouldn't be Tzaras Chassidim. Tzaras Chassidim means Chassidim will only write to the Rebbe when they have problems. The Rebbe said so many times, not just the Rebbe, but also the previous Rebbe spoke about how that's not a, an okay way to live. In the contrary, when you write about good things, or as the Rebbe said, when a Jew is happy about good things, and Hashem gives him more reasons to be happy, more good things to be happy about. And similarly, when you write about good things, then Hashem gives you more reasons to write to the, uh, to the Rebbe. Anyway, so, so he, he told the Rebbe, the reason I haven't written to you is because you told me to write good news. I don't have any good news. <laughs> so apparently he, you know, is more of a, he, 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 he didn't say which... Reimer didn't say what country he was from. He said he came from a country which people speak very frankly in that country. So that's what he told the Rebbe. 
So, um, I said something to the effect of like, I'm an action or stubborn and I'm going to make sure that you will write and you'll write good news too. You're going to write and you're going, you are going to write good news. And he told the Rebbe, what about good news? He told her what's going on with his lungs. He made a, a movement with his hand. And as I shared that the, uh, in, in previous generations, Hasidim never knew when the Rebbe makes with his hand, does that mean, as Rebbe Rashab sometimes do the same thing, he's like, ah, it's nothing. So Hasidim in previous generations didn't know if that meant that it was nothing, or did it become nothing through the bracha that Rebbe gave by going, ah, it's nothing. So that's what the Hasidim didn't know in previous generations. But with today's sophisticated medical equipment, um, it, I, I, I'm positive that it's not, that, that the real meaning, is, as, as some Hasidim were saying in time that Rebbe Hashab, that it wasn't that it was nothing, but that it became nothing, or at least in some instances. But in this situation, Rebbe says, ah, it's nothing. And Rebbe said that, th- tell the doctor, by him, there's, there has become a order of cutting. That's the order. The doctor always starts, he cuts, he does surgeries. That's how he makes parnasa. The Rebbe said, I have a different seder, my seder, my order I have a I have a, a parnasa from not writing, from not cutting, from not doing surgeries, and Sebe said that really what the doctor is seeing is that the lung has healed, and because the lung has healed, so the the I don't know the medical term, but because the lung has healed, so it looks like what the doctor is seeing as a cavity is actually the opposite. It's 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 a, it's because the lung has healed. So there's some kind of covering or whatever on the lung that makes it look like there's a cavity. And the Rebbe said you can go to a local doctor here and you will, uh, and you will see that this is indeed the, the case. You should go back to Montreal and you should continue teaching. Because that's what he was doing before he had this whole issue. So the Rebbe told him he should go back to the doctor and tell him. So he went back to the doctor and he told the doctor uh, what the uh, Rebbe had said. And how he gone? And he actually did go to another doctor in New York. And the doctor in New York concurred with the Rebbe that the, uh, that the, the, the it's not a a a a cavity, not a hole in the lung. On the contrary, just the lung has healed, and that's and there's some growth that's on the lung, which looks like a cavity, but it's the it's the opposite because the lung is healed. So he told this to the doctor. So the doctor said, "How long did the other doctor examined you for?" He said, "Examined me for forty five minutes." So the other doctor said. Dr. Montreal said, I'm examining you for over a year. You listen to this guy, he looked, looked at you for 45 minutes. You need an operation. And then he told the doctor, the Rebbe actually said, I don't need an operation, and that I should, um, I should uh, continue teaching. The doctor said, what are you talking about? Teaching, I don't know why he said this, but he said that not only is it dangerous for you, it be dangerous to the children as well. And you shouldn't do this, and chas v'shalom, you, should you shouldn't, shouldn't dare teach. Of course, this guy did not listen to his doctor, and uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, he continued to, to teach as the Rebbe instructed him, and Baruch Hashem, uh, totally fine, Baruch Hashem. Uh, okay, those are the stories I want to share for tonight. Uh, any questions, comments, criticism, tomatoes or cucumbers? All right. Thank you, Rabbi. You're welcome. A good tavach, a freilich tavach.
Gute Chodesh. Dann danke an Friedrich Chodesh, der Marvin Besimchach.